The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home, cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Good morning and thanks for joining us at the Zamzo's Show. Today we're talking about ponds, fountains, and water features. I'm joined by Chris Owings and we're going to go through this whole process soup to nuts uh for everything from a small uh, uh, fountain you might have in your entryway all the way to a pond and everything you need to have one and and uh, and love having one uh, and this is a pre-recorded show so if you have questions or uh, follow-up questions or or things that you wanted to add you could send us a message on facebook or uh send us an email and we can uh, address them in a future show uh but but welcome chris yeah thank you thanks for having me again <laughs> so i think to, to begin uh as people are, are hearing this and, and i talk about fountains and water features and ponds and let's really talk about what what is the difference between all of those honestly i'd just say size right how big do you want how much noise do you want Okay, so to, yeah. so I I mean I don't ever think about you, you, people like movement, but the sound is is something a lot of people are after. It, it, absolutely, I always think that's a big mistake is when you see them put in their big ponds. They always put it in the back corner of their yard, and I'd say bring it up, put it right next to the patio or on the patio. Right, so you can hear it, so you can you can experience yeah, that. fully enjoy it. So we if we started off with the smallest ones, the the little. Uh, you know, you you see them sometimes in in restaurants and whatever in the in the foyer. There's there's a fountain. I mean, what do you call it? Is that a fountain? Is that what you call that? That's exactly what I would call that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So so you got little fountains, and and what I think a lot of people don't know is in the past those required a plumber and and a water supply and all the rest of that. Now you can get them really plug and play. Absolutely. Yeah, completely self-contained. And they already come with a pump and, and everything that you need. You bet. Uh, so so uh, if I was just going to get one and put it in the, the entryway of my house, and uh, I, I'm literally pouring in a couple of gallons of water and plugging in, and I'm done? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you just want to make sure it's level just to affect the, how it spills over. On You know, some of them are three-tiered or two-tiered, and you just want to... Aff- uh, have full control of where that water is going to spill over so right. just make sure it's level and plug it in and go okay so then how do you uh is it just like my ice maker where periodically you hear it kind of humming and there's no water coming out and you know you need to add water or what, what? yep yep they do have a, a very distinct gasp when they're getting a little <laughs> bit low on water so yeah just every now and then check that 
Okay, so, and then I'm just, am I just using water right out of the tap? Am I doing something special with that water? Or? Uh, it totally depends. Um, I usually just use tap water, hose mm -hmm. water. Sometimes you'll get a heavy mineral in that. You might leave some spots on, but there's different cleaners and things you can use for that. Okay, if you get hard water buildup, eventually you can get that off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, th th those, th we talked about it at inside, so it could be inside, but it also could be on a back patio. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be in the front yard. Those are becoming very common, yeah, okay. right in the front entrance. And 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 we, uh, I, I've noticed that the biggest selection of those usually over at Chinden, a few stores, Eagle has a few, but but if you wanted to just browse through and look at all the different options, it's really Chinden. Yeah, Chinden, I just, I just put out nine pallets for Chinden <laughs> yesterday. So, so Chinden yeah, always whole... keeps a big selection of, yeah. uh, of those types of fountains, and, and, uh, and, and the re really... Uh, you take a look at this thing and 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 you can get rid of the fear you, you don't have to figure out how you don't have to dig your yard up or pull power over to it i mean they just plug into an outlet um and and you, you're using water from the hose if you want or or mm -hmm. whatever yeah. uh, if if i used like ro water or distilled water or whatever i wouldn't have any hard water correct yep absolutely so you could prevent that altogether if you were worried about that especially on an indoor one uh, if you you know where you're gonna have to bring water to it anyway right yeah okay make it easy all right so what, what I mean and and we're talking about uh, not desktop size but but uh, something that would sit on on a pedestal on the ground mm-hmm yeah a few on a pedestal there there were a few actually that would work on a desktop they weren't any bigger than a maybe twice as big as a dinner plate really and 12 inches tall so, oh yeah, okay there was, there was a few of those there so really like desktop or or tabletop sound yeah, exactly yep okay. all the way up to whatever man there was one that was three of us just lifting the base really it. Yeah, i mean it was heavy because it's just and they're this big centerpiece for like a circular driveway or that kind exactly. of exactly okay yep i see okay and so we're calling those fountains Mm -hmm. And the reality is anyone can have one. They don't require anything special. Just need access to power, and, and you got to bring over a pitcher full of water. Plug it in and go. Yep. Okay. All right. So so uh, in a fountain like that, when it's sitting, let's just say that it's not in, in the front inside, uh, but outside, uh, what am I doing to keep it from getting all green and sludged up? You know, we have several products that will keep the algae out of them. Um, just depends on how big of a basin you have right and, and that'll decide which bottle you're getting but um algae fix maybe twice a month okay in it and that'll keep it nice and clean and clear and so what what about if i've got a, a dog that likes to drink out of it do i need to be careful about what i put in it if it if you the dog's drinking out of it you know once that's diluted it's safe okay. concentrated in the bottle you got to keep the dog away from it but yeah once it's diluted in the pond no concern then you don't have any issues at all so so you really can have this thing flowing and and uh and what about if you got a toddler that's splashing around and it's still safe yes yeah, still safe okay yeah. okay so so and then we're just adding that a couple of times a month and we're done when we're done it's yeah. easy mm -hmm. okay all right and then the other concern that a lot of people have uh is mosquitoes I mean, I've got this fountain, and and I've heard that that I've got water, and 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 you know, are the mosquitoes going to breed in this fountain? Yeah, probably not in a fountain as long as it's running. Right. Yeah. If it ever has downtime or the breaker trips or something like that, and it's just sitting stagnant, then the mosquitoes could. Right. But it's super easy to treat mosquitoes. So they have to have still water to breed, and so if that water is moving, and we'll see this in other 
uh, pond discussions later in the in the show. Yes. Uh, you know, we're, if the water is really splashing around and moving, mosquitoes don't do well. Right. Yeah. Not at all. They won't even try. So we're we're talking ponds and fountains and and water features today in the Zamzo show, and this is a pre-recorded show. So so feel free to reach out to us on Facebook or send us uh, an email with your questions, and we can get to them. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, uh, that this fountain thing seems like a no-brainer. I mean, everybody ought to have a fountain on their back back patio. It'd be a great Father's Day gift as well. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. So, so from there, we really we it algae is not an issue. Filling them full of water is no no big deal. I mean, they don't have to be filled every single day. They got a little bit of a reservoir, and they they flow. and And we don't need water, uh, special water. We don't need special power or anything like that. Uh, nope. uh, that's pretty easy. So so from there, uh, really, we start talking about ponds. Really, you mm-hmm. think that's the the next segment that we'd call? Absolutely. Okay. So so when when we're talking about ponds. Uh, I know 20 years ago, those little pond, pre-made pond liners were all the rage. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but but you don't see as much of that anymore. Nope, you really don't. It's something we can get. Yeah, we can get we them. Can get... But I think that the reality is that we, we went away from that because little tiny ponds are a little bit more difficult to take care of. Totally agree. <laughs> and you're very limited in what you can do with fish, mm-hmm. and and you're limited what you can do with plants. Uh, that and 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 then the, you, you've got there's kind of a critical mass. You get to a certain size, they start to be easier to take care of, uh, versus you know the really tiny ones which which are, require fish tank you know aquarium style maintenance to try to maintain. Yeah, sure. Okay, so so if I if I wanted to build a pond in my backyard, and and you know we can get you the little plastic ones anymore, but now how are we doing that? Am I am I digging a hole and just putting the hose in it, or do I put something in the hole? How how do I create a little pond? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so first pick your spot. Like I said, pick it where you can enjoy it. Don't put it so far back in the yard that you'd have to walk to it to see it. <clears throat> and then when you're when you're digging your spot, uh, if it's really rocky ground, I do like to to throw an old piece of carpet down in the bottom, just something to protect the liner, so okay. a rock's not punching through the bottom there. Okay. And then maybe even a layer of sand under that, just to soften it, and it's easier to to mold your hole that way. All right, we're getting into something here. We're gonna <laughs> need some more time, and and we're coming up against the break. You're listening to the Zamzo Show, and we're talking ponds and fountains and water features in a pre-recorded show. And we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Zamzo Show on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and the nicest looking lawns in the neighborhood are always on the Zamzo's Lawn Program. They're thicker, greener, have no weeds, and just have that look that says, I'm healthy. Well, if that's how you want your lawn to look, why not get with the program? And now's a great time to join for two reasons. First, the cool temperatures and spring rain gave us all a free pass this year. The second reason to start your Zamzo's Lawn Program now is the price. Because right now, the prorated price for a 2,500 square foot program is only $121.99. And Zamzo's Lawn Program is easy to manage. We store it for you, send you a reminder for each step, and even loan you a spreader to apply it with for free. My husband and I trade off applying each step. 
Or you could have your teenage kids help out, <laughs> like that's going to happen. So if you want a lawn that's biologically correct, kid and pet friendly, and looks fabulous, sign up now for the prorated Zamzo's Lawn Program starting at $121.99 and have the best looking lawn in the neighborhood naturally with help from us at Zamzo's. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons from 3 to 7 on News Talk KBOI. Thanks for coming back with us here. We're listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we're talking about ponds and water features with Chris Owings. This is a pre-recorded show, so feel free to reach out to us on social media or, or uh, uh, email us at zamzos.com, and we can get your questions. But in the meantime, uh, we're talking about if somebody was digging a pond in their backyard, uh, and, and we're not talking about giant ponds. We're talking about smaller water feature type of ponds. You said they start digging a hole, Mm-hmm. And uh, and and that they're they're putting a piece of carpet in the bottom. But we at break we were talking about some of these other things that you, that you felt like were really important that people you, you know you're digging a smallish size pond. What kind of things do they need to be thinking about? Yeah, so a few things. So one, before you start digging, know how big your pond liner is. Okay. You imagine if you're going <laughs> three feet deep, you have six feet of your pond liner just going the depth. Right. So. so so know how big your liner is and, and kind of judge your hole that way. And then when you're digging, you want to add shelves because plants, most of the plants want to be up on a shelf. They want to be in the deepest point of the pond. Okay. And when you're digging those shelves, never do 90 degree angles. Okay. Because that pond liner can't form to that 90. It'll taper on its own and right. it'll create an air pocket or a weak spot in that liner. And that's where it can that's ultimately where it would fail if it was going to. Exactly. So that's I also I the other reason I like shelves and I and I like uh uh being mindful of, of shelves and what you got to think about that this pond liner is somewhat slick if you're ever going to have somebody that that tried to get in the pond or a kid that mm-hmm. that could fall into the pond uh, uh not being able to get out is not ideal um, and with all that said you still you don't want to make a, a a pond that's only 18 inches deep do you uh, right <laughs> yeah, it'd be a horrible trying to keep the algae out of something like that. Right. It's so so the depth is your friend, right? It is. And I and I think it's not only is it your friend for algae, but it's also your friend for winter time. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you've got fish, and we'll talk about fish in one of the coming segments, but the the fish want to be down where that water is cooler. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and that deeper water stays cooler. There's not as much light penetration. And and it, it can be a huge advantage. You see, you want some section of it to be deeper. Uh-huh. And that's even that deepest spot is where I overwinter my plants. Take them all off the shelves, put them in the deep spot, and then they sit there all winter. Then okay. in the spring, bring them back up. Right. And the, and that area won't freeze solid. Right. In Idaho, usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming that it's not uh, that it's all below ground. Uh, so so you kind of have a, a a spot for the fish to go. That's mm-hmm. why you, that's why you don't do them eighteen inches. It's not a rice patty that we're making. It's a pond. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So, so then you suggested a piece of carpet, or or could they use landscape fabric or something like that? Yeah, anything that just kind of put a cushion between that liner and the rocks that might be below there. So, the liner. Am I buying that bulk? Is that already pre-cut, like a tarp? I mean, what? How, how's that work? Yeah, we have both actually. Okay. Yeah, so giant rolls that are you know twenty feet by. That's a hundred feet on the roll, but you can take off whatever you want by the linear foot, or we have a few that are pre-cut, like six by six or eight by eight. So, how, what about if I have a seam? What if I've got two pieces of liner, or or the pond is just not quite big enough, and I've got to patch two together? 
I would try to avoid that mm-hmm. as best you can. If if you have to do it, it's just it's a project now. Okay. Yeah, there, there is a way to do it to kind of you know, overlap the two pieces, and then there's a whole scene that you run down and kind of make a sandwich out of everything, and then I'd still even do a bead of caulking along mm-hmm. your seam to really. Do they seal still it. make that seam? That's like a sticky tar tape. tape. To st- Absolutely, that stuff is messy. It is messy and it <laughs> is hard to work with. Yeah, yeah, sir. I'm and void. And, and it's a, it's a uh, it's hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. It's hot working in the. It's all black. Everything, <laughs> black rubber, and and you need it to seal tight. So you got to do it out in the sun. You can't be in the shade. Right. Yeah, right. Kinda... So so, how how does a person uh, once they've got their pond built, or let's just say they've they've inherited a pond, uh, it's important to know how many gallons they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. uh, and so, w- w- like, uh, if if I'm getting ready to build a pond, or or if I've already inherited a pond, w- w- there's a formula to figuring out how many gallons of water approximately I have. How, how do we do that? Right. Well, f- first, don't overthink it. Okay. Uh, just know it's average. Your okay. average length times width times depth times seven point two. So what we're doing is we're we're basically making cubic feet. Right. So you, your surface area is length times width, and and the hardest part, to your point, is they're almost never square. Right. This is not a swimming pool. Yeah, we didn't build a cube. Right. So yeah. what I recommend you do is pace it off. You know, a a, a a normal pace for for an average person is around three feet. Don't overthink it. Right. Uh, make make the thing square in your mind. Uh, and uh, because you'll see in depth, we're going to have to to do so. We're, so we're just our surface area might be length times width, and that tells you our total surface area. And then you're saying times depth. Mm-hmm. But what if I've got shelves and in a deeper spot, but not all of it's that deep? How do I figure that? Again, you're just going to average. So if your shelf's a foot deep and your deepest point is three feet, then you might be you know two foot average, okay, or, or two and a half feet depending on how much the shelf space. So why takes do I care about the gallons anyway? That's how you're going to treat the pond for everything. If you got to treat for fungus, or the clarity of the water, or your digesters, all that stuff, you, okay. need, you need to know the gallonage. So you got a you got an approximate gallon uh, uh, calculation. So you've got your cubic feet, length times width times depth, and then you're saying if I made a box, a one foot box, and filled it full of water, it would hold seven point two gallons approximately. Yeah, perfect. Right? Yep. So 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 we're we're just uh, gonna do the math so that I say, okay, I've got about a three thousand gallon pond or about an eleven hundred gallon pond, because uh, it matters for pumps as well, mm, what oh, size pump and, and whatnot. Okay, and so and, yeah. so they so they've got that they they, uh, they have a brand new pond and they've got the liner in and and it's uh, uh, you know all the rest of the details. They can come in, we can help you figure out exactly how you do how do they secure it around the edges do they need stakes or spikes or glue or what what are they doing on the edges i always like to plan at least a six inch overlap so when you when you come up to grade overlap by six inches and then take two inches of that and tuck it right back into the ground so you create a, a lip okay so so you're kind of uh you're coming up and then you're, you're like digging you're slicing the ground with a shovel or something and tucking that in right and a little trench all the way around okay and then they start filling it with water yeah and uh 
I mean, just right out of the hose? Are we having to you bet. some special water that we need to add to it? Nope, this I do right out of the hose. Okay, but what about pressurized irrigation? Would they use pressurized irrigation water out of the canal? Or I would avoid that if if you can. You never know what's in that. It could be okay. all kinds of chemicals, and if you want to do fish, it might make it trickier. Okay, so so you could use pressurized irrigation if you ha- had no other choice. Right. But but uh, but that might not be ideal because of of what somebody could have sprayed their ditch or or something else could have been in there. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Uh, we're we're talking ponds and fountains on the Zamzos Garden Show in a pre-recorded show. So feel free to reach out to us in social media or online if you've got questions. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to work our way through this this process. So so we, now we've got it full. Yeah. Uh, can I can I just put fish in it right away? I mean, you, the same day I get it full, can I just throw <laughs> fish in it or? Or, nope, or, that would not be recommended at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You'd want to start treating it, especially if you use tap water or something like that. There'll be a lot of chlorine and and things like that. And so there's different treatments you need to do to pull that out. And you want the temperature to start to adjust a little bit. That water is cold. Right. These fish have probably been in, you know, 70, 80 degree water. Right. Throw them in that; it'll shock them. Okay, so, so, uh, so I'm giving it, I'm treating it for, to to lock up any chemicals or whatever, or or, or letting it sit for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I always tell people is you should become a gardener before you become a a, a fish person. Uh, and 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 I love to add plants first. Absolutely, because uh, th- those are going to take time to get established. So they're pretty and they give cover for the fish for later. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we're we're going to get we got a lot more to talk on this topic. And <laughs> and we're coming up against a break here. You're listening to the Zamzos Garden Show, and we're talking everything about ponds and fountains and fish and algae and mosquitoes and everything so if you've got a pond stay tuned Uh, we'll be back after the break you're listening to the zamzos garden show on news talk kboi the zamzos garden show will be back right here on news talk kboi Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and believe it or not, it's June. But it's not too late to sign up for the Zamzo's Lawn Program. In fact, it's the perfect time for Step 2 of our 5-Step Program. And with our cold, wet spring, you are perfectly fine starting your lawn program now and at a prorated price. In fact, a 2,500-square-foot program now starts at just $121.99, and that's for four more steps, including two applications of Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Food, Humagreen this summer, and Zamzo's Recharger in the fall. Plus, when you sign up for the Zamzo's Lawn Program, we store the product for you, send you an email or text reminder when it's time for each step, and even loan you a spreader to apply it with for free. And when you're part of our lawn program, you get 10% off any additional lawn and garden supplies and plants you buy at Zamzo's for the rest of the year. But don't wait, you're okay to miss step one, but applying step two is crucial. So come purchase your prorated Zamzo's Lawn Program now. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Welcome back to the Zamzo Show. Chris Owings and I, Josh Zamzo, are talking pawns uh, in a pre-recorded show. So, uh, so we're not taking any live calls, but but we're in the middle of if somebody was digging a pond in their backyard, they figured out how many gallons they have, they got their liner spread out, and they've. Uh, they have started adding some plants is is was my suggestion is that you start with plants uh because there, there's some advantages to having plants there are a lot of advantages so actually. what's the, what's your favorite part about the plants favorite part is they totally shade the pond okay and by that shading it keeps a lot of the algae out 
So all natural algae control. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to be able to see things down in your pond, and I guess that's the thing, where we, you know, if you if you have an algae bloom, then the water just ends up looking like Lake Lowell, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't see any fish swimming around in there. We really want it to be clear, right? So what you're saying is, uh, we're we're trying to cover the surface, and mm -hmm. we're going to do that with a number of different kinds of plants. Absolutely. So what, what kinds of things are we thinking of? I, I mean, lilies are probably the most common. Okay. Uh, iris are great around the edges. There's a lot of grasses that can be around the edges. Um, different water mints uh hyacinth or no, excuse me not hyacinth <laughs> right hyacinth. we'll talk about that in a second <laughs> water lettuce right would be a good one but. so i always think about this is there's there's really kind of a the perennials and annuals in the pond just like there is outside mm -hmm. um and and so the things you were saying your lilies and your iris so those things come back every single year absolutely yeah, you, they're hardy very they're, they're hardy. hardy and they winter uh well um then there's the second segment which is the the kind of the annuals like you would do in your flower bed with with marigolds and petunias or whatever but in the pond it's things like water lettuce mm -hmm. and these things these are just floating plants right yeah they do just float around and and they they they're available at Zamzo's stores, but usually not until we're 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 selling tomatoes and peppers and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. Got to be like past the last frost, right? So they can't have any freeze on them, and then so we we buy those and they divide. Oh yeah, uh, my, one really of my quickly. favorite things about the water lettuce are those little baby lettuces. They, they it's it's kind of reminds me of the succulent hens and chicks, where where you'll have one water lettuce and then it'll send a little shoot off a little baby lettuce that pops up next to it. Uh -huh. So they kind of grow and expand and they improve your. As it gets hotter, they do an even better job of covering your pond. Absolutely, <clears throat> but we're not just doing it for algae control. They also protect your fish from herons absolutely so mm -hmm. so what what happens um with blue herons and fish in ponds <laughs> in this area people are not familiar yeah if you're not familiar <laughs> it's a, a quick lunch for a bird right yep, they'll just sit on the edge of that pond and just watch for them right and i and if you e even the big fish that are too big for them to carry away uh you know we we've we've seen uh at at dad's pond you know, you'll come out in the morning and there'll be a couple of fish floating with just literally a stab wound oh, man! <clears throat> where the heron lands on the side and, you know, thinks it can take one and stabs it, but then it can't. And then the fish dies. <clears throat> so the, the pond plants gives those fish cover. They, right. they, they don't want to be in the bright sun and they'll go away from, from, from the areas where they could get, uh, and the osprey. Mm -hmm. can, you know, if your pond is big enough, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're down by the river. Osprey can hunt in your pond as well, which in some ways is cool, but not if if you've got a very expensive fish that you've made friends with, right? <clears throat> so, so we're covering sixty percent of the surface with a mix of of uh, lilies and hyacinth, or not hyacinth. Hyacinth is one of the ones uh, you and I keep talking about. It. We sold it for years. But but why don't we see? It had a pretty little uh, purple flower on it, uh, and it was, why don't we ever see hyacinth anymore? Yeah, very attractive. I do miss them, but they've been put on the noxious weed list. Hmm. So yeah, in Idaho we can't <clears throat> anymore. Okay, so they're not allowed to ship them here anymore. Right, and they've become noxious other places. Mm -hmm. uh, they they uh, and apparently there's certain certain parts of Idaho that they could survive. Yeah, yeah, especially where the <clears throat> hot springs. Are. So tell me about night blooming lilies. Night blooming, so that would be treated as an annual here, but 
but man, they're gorgeous. <clears throat> they have a deeper green glossy leaf than a traditional lily, mm-hmm. and they do bloom uh, later in the evening, closer. So the, the bloom opens up in the evening, and then it's totally closed during the day. Okay. But they're gorgeous and vibrant colors. Especially if you like to be outside in the evening, you know, barbecues and people around in the evening, it adds something really cool. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so we got we got our plants, but but ju- are, these are just like other plants. They need to be fertilized periodically. Mm-hmm. If they're going to do well, when do we do that? I, I do it right as, well, either you're pulling them up from the winter and mm-hmm. putting them on the shelves in the spring, then I would add it, or right when you buy them. Okay. Yep, you can add. We have tablets or spikes. You just literally shove right into the pot. Okay. And toss the plant in. And and that that's just going to give them the nutrients they need. But the the pond plants are also taking some nutrients out of the water, right? Absolutely. That's another benefit to keeping algae out because they'll pull all the phosphorus out, which is what algae needs to grow. So, is there any kind of a an advantage, you know, in the ecosystem to have a few fish and plants? I mean, both. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've never heard of. I think they call it aquaculture. Yeah, yeah. So the the fish poop, right? That gives right. the plants some food, and the plants clean up that mess, and yeah, it's a whole nice ecosystem they get going. So, uh, the algae control was was one of the things you were touching on. We're shading the water. We're trying to keep the temperature down. We're we're literally it's like sunscreen mm-hmm. where we're blocking. Uh, but but even then, even with those things in place, you still could have some algae, especially hundred degree days and and whatever. So uh, we, we talked about algae control in the little fountains. Mm-hmm. What about in a bigger pond? Bigger pond, I like. A three-part system okay and it, it's very important that you keep all your pumps and everything flowing because algae is an oxygen source right so if you kill that you've taken away an oxygen so- source for your fish so make sure your waterfalls and all that are running but I like to do the three-parter so I like to do an algae killer okay to kind of kill it all and turn it into a kind of a dust and then you want um, something that's gonna bind it up and sink it so it's gonna yeah. take all those particles and sink them to the bottom I think they call that a flocculant yeah there you yeah. go yep and then on the very bottom, you'll want a digester, okay. some sort. It's going to take that sludge and just eat at it. The sludge buster, or yeah. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so you got the the algae killer, the flocculent that clumps it up and sinks it, and then you got the digester. Right. And and all of these things to, to, you know, this is why in the earlier segment we were telling everybody. It's length times width times depth times 7.2 to get the number of gallons because all of the three products that you're talking about are, are you know, they'll, they'll have a, a measuring cup that says X number of ounces per gallon or whatever. Right. Yep, exactly. <clears throat> and they're all fish safe mm-hmm. when used according to the, the directions. If you weigh overdose, then you can have problems, then right? Then you can't have problems or if you turn the pumps off. Okay. Right. So, so... Uh, we're we're gonna in the in the final segment we're gonna get into the pumps and and all the rest of that but uh, but it really is that simple for algae control mm-hmm. it's it's cover sixty percent um, and uh, and even in really big ponds uh, this concept still works mm-hmm. yeah you bet so what about uh, what about ponds like uh, you know Wilson ponds in Nampa or or natural ponds I mean there there are some natural ponds where they're not adding anything uh, where they they don't get algae what what how does that work those are most likely constantly filling and constantly draining so that's what's keeping the algae out okay so so it's not that they're stagnant they're not trapped water right 
Uh, there, yeah. there. It's a spring. It's kind of a wide spot in the creek, basically. So, you so you, that that uh, I used to have customers that would say, "Well, I've seen a lot of ponds," and they always reference that one. They don't use any stuff in it. Why do I have to use it in mine? It's because those aren't closed systems, right? Exactly. So while we were talking about fertilizer, I started thinking about um, you know people that are doing their lawns that are pretty close. Do they need to be careful about? what they're putting on their lawn if they have a pond oh, they right do, there? They definitely do. Like a, a neem oil spray can wipe out your fish. Okay. Uh, so they got to be really careful what they overspray. Uh, weed and feed is one that, that uh, you know, we're, we're not recommending weed and feeds around ponds at all. Right. Uh, and, and those things can, can have very devastating effects, but overthrowing fertilizer into your, your pond can also be bad. Right. Yeah, going natural it probably won't hurt anything, right. but it'll still feed the algae. Okay. Yeah. So so we're we're listening. You're listening to a pre-recorded show about ponds and fountains and everything, uh, and we'll be back right after this break. Uh, you're listening to the Zamzos Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzos Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and the nicest looking lawns in the neighborhood are always on the Zamzo's Lawn Program. They're thicker, greener, have no weeds, and just have that look that says, I'm healthy. Well, if that's how you want your lawn to look, why not get with the program? And now's a great time to join for two reasons. First, the cool temperatures and spring rain gave us all a free pass this year. The second reason to start your Zamzo's Lawn Program now is the price. Because right now, the prorated price for a 2,500 square foot program is only $121.99. And Zamzo's Lawn Program is easy to manage. We store it for you, send you a reminder for each step, and even loan you a spreader to apply it with for free. My husband and I trade off applying each step. Or you could have your teenage kids help out, <laughs> like that's going to happen. So if you want a lawn that's biologically correct, kid and pet friendly, and looks fabulous, sign up now for the prorated Zamzo's Lawn Program starting at $121.99 and have the best looking lawn in the neighborhood naturally with help from us at Zamzo's. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on News Talk KBOI. You're listening to the final segment of our Zamzo's Garden Show on everything to do with ponds and fountains and uh, and water features. And this is the final segment uh, uh, of this pre-recorded show. And we're talking now about the the the, the electronics, kind of the final piece of the the picture. We got our plants in and and uh, and whatnot. And and now we're talking about you know a waterfall and and a and the fountains and things that are spritzing inside there and and so really it starts with a pump right absolutely so yeah. what's the difference between pumps i see pumps i mean i think you can buy pond pumps at harbor freight even uh, uh you know or or the the similar size pumps that are a lot more expensive what's the difference you see the biggest difference is what's driving that impeller like okay. that there's magnetic driven impellers and then there's gear driven impellers and if you know that pump's going to suck something up. There's going to be a leaf or something's going to go through it. And if it's a gear-driven, you have a pretty good chance of snapping those gears and breaking them. Okay. Yeah. And then you have failure. Yeah, yeah, complete failure. And there are also um, pumps that are – I know that, that you know things like sump pumps – and other things like that, people uh, try to make their own pond pumps. But what a lot of people don't know is that some of those pumps are oil-filled. Right. And yeah. and when they finally do die, what happens to the pond? <laughs> right. You get that. Everybody knows what that oily haze looks like on top of the water. Right. Yeah. It, 
absolutely do that. Again, it looks like the boat ramp at Lake Lowell. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want that because that kills fish uh, and and can hurt your lilies and and other things like that. Mm-hmm. And and so uh, a, an actual pond pump that's made for ponds that has a magnetic drive that doesn't it's not oil filled those are really important and then there's an efficiency factor right oh yeah absolutely there's a huge difference so you what a lot of people don't think about is you're adding something to your electrical bill that's running 24 7 mm-hmm. uh, and the bigger it is the more power it's going to draw and uh People say, well, I'm going to save $30 on the pump, but they literally pay for it in the first month of their power bill. Right. Uh, with If they go cheap, uh, the, a pump that's not really efficient, not only do they not last as long, they have to be replaced more often, but they cost a lot more in power. Significant. So how do I know there's a whole rack full of pond pumps? I feel like there's every size. Uh, how, do I, how do I size a pump for my pond? Absolutely. So first, we want to know gallonage. Right, okay. at least roughly, so we know how many gallons. Well, that I guess that'll help more with the filter. But for the pump, for your whatever your waterfall is, I like a hundred gallons of an hour to come for every inch of spillover on your waterfall. Okay, so let's so you've built up a, a wall of rocks, and you've got pond liner behind the rocks, mm-hmm. and then you've got a pipe that comes up that spills water over. Right, you're saying that. If the 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 waterfall surface, the area where the where the water is going to cascade over, for each inch, they need how many? A hundred gallons per hour. Hundred gallons per hour, and all of the pumps are rated in gallons per hour. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. so if I had twelve inches of of surface for my waterfall, I need twelve hundred gallons. Twelve hundred gallons per hour. Yes. Now the the other part of about this math that's sometimes tricky for people is there's there's head pressure. Right. How does that play in? Uh, right. Huge. So say you got a, a 900 gallon per hour pump. Right. It'll be 900 gallons at probably up to two foot of height, and that's surface height. So right at the water surface, two feet above that, it'll pump 900 gallons per hour. Okay. You get beyond that, that starts to drop. Because gravity is pushing down. Exactly. So, and it goes down pretty radically. It does. So, if you have a really tall waterfall, you know, if, if, if it's coming down eight feet, you're going to need to look. Sometimes you have to contact the manufacturer and say how many, but a lot of them have charts right on the box. These do. They make it super easy. So, you okay. can go right to your height and, it, and then just follow the line over and it'll tell you exactly at that height how many gallons you're going to get. But I, I think that you'll be surprised. People are surprised. You can have a 1,200 gallon per hour pump at two feet. You go to eight and it's only pumping hundred. Oh yeah, right. I mean, it goes way down if you're going big. So you got to go. You know, you think about those things when you think about the height of your waterfall. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but the waterfall is important for the health of the pond. Right. It is. Yep. What does it do? Well, it's oxygenating. Right. Right. It's moving the water. It's keeping the mosquitoes out. So it does a lot. And then it's all of your enjoyment. Right. You put the pond in to hear it. Right. So what am I, am I just throwing the pump in the water, you know, plug it in and drop it in, hook it to the hose, or is there any other equipment I attach to the pump? Yeah, there's definitely more equipment. And and when you're putting the pump in, make sure you put it on the opposite end of the pond as the waterfall. That way you're totally cycling the water through just again to keep the mosquitoes out. And then you want to add, you know, if it's in a full sun, I definitely would add a UV sterilizer. Okay. So where does that go? Where does the UV sterilizer go into this mix? That go, it goes right in line. So 
in the back of the waterfall. So okay. it would be not in the water, but in the landscape. So so the so it's it the water comes out of the pump, it flows through the UV and then up and over the waterfall. Correct. And that UV is just killing cells of the the algae as they flow through. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. And then they get picked up by the filter later. Right. Yep. So any suggestions about where do I put the filter? Does the filter go in the deepest portion? Does it near the edge where I can get to it? How, how do I know where to put the filter? When near the edge and again, opposite of the waterfall. Okay, at the farthest side mm -hmm. where you can where you have access to it. Most of the good ones are relatively friendly to pop apart, to clean, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and have different baskets in it. So, you, you know, if you have a good skimmer filter, all the leaves just flow right into it. And you okay. just pick the basket up and dump it. How often yeah. do you do that? Uh, it depends on the time of the year. Yeah. yeah. Maybe after a big windstorm. <laughs> right. You're going to make sure that you're you're cleaning the whole thing out. Yeah. Okay. So uh, does the pump and the filter, uh, does it play into how many fish I can put into the pond? Yes. Uh, but mostly it's going to be how many gallons you have. Okay. Yeah. So you you are good to have an inch of fish per every 10 gallons of water. Okay. And and am I thinking about when I buy it, size fish, or when it's going to be, when you know, when it gets to be a full-grown fish? Yeah, what it's going to be. Okay. It's, it's the max amount. And yeah. so uh, we were talking about somebody that had a small pond, uh, you know, uh, a 300-gallon pond. We're really just talking about three koi, right? Something like that, uh, because they're going to be a foot long, right? Mm -hmm. So, so you, uh, you, you think about those things, you know, when you're digging your pond, you say, you know, if I want to have, you know, eight or ten big koi, you really got to dig your pond big enough that it that it can support that many gallons of fish, no matter how much filtration you have. Right. Exactly. Right, and yeah. that that just creates a stable environment, uh, and and. I always used to recommend in the stores that people went lighter on fish than mm -hmm. heavier. Yep. What, what happens if they go heavy? You go heavier. I mean, you got more waste. You're just feeding the algae. Right. You're, you're constantly battling, battling the ammonium levels. I mean, it, it does just make it more of a headache. So to make your life easier, go heavy on plants, mm -hmm. <laughs> light on fish, and have some fish because it makes a nice environment. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we talked about the, how if you're using real pond products real uh, you know official pond products <laughs> they're 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 fish safe and plant safe so we're not worried mm -hmm. about that piece of it right uh and uh you know for years we used to help people make their own uh filters and and there's all kinds of things on the web of you know barrels full of sand and and all barley. the rest of that yeah. <laughs> and and what i and and you know barley straw what mm -hmm. what does that do yeah barley is it is it decomposes and rots in there it actually pulls the phosphorus out to to break itself down okay yeah. and the phosphorus is what feeds a lot of that algae right okay yeah. so uh as we as we move past that, and I just encourage anybody who's who's doing this, come in, talk with us in the stores about filtration and and all of your options. But what about the fun stuff, Chris? I know you've got a fantastic setup in your yard, and these really do make it a ton of fun. Like my particular system, it's all on a remote, and I have a whole water dancing system. Oh, in like there. at the village, exactly. Really, yeah. and it's actually the same company that that plumbed the village designed. No this, kidding. This filter. Yeah. And we don't have those in store, but those all can be ordered uh, through. But the key oh, thing yeah. with those is if you go cheap, 
you'll regret it. Oh, you will regret it. Yeah, <laughs> I am three years on mine with no problems. No problems yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, if you're thinking about a pond or a water feature, come see us at Zamzo's. We've got everything from the little fountains that could go in the foyer, uh, just bubble near the patio or whatever, to, the, to helping you actually put a real pond with fish and night-blooming lilies. We're happy to help you with algae or whatever you have. You've been listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and believe it or not, it's June. But it's not too late to sign up for the Zamzo's Lawn Program. In fact, it's the perfect time for Step 2 of our 5-Step Program. And with our cold, wet spring, you are perfectly fine starting your lawn program now and at a prorated price. In fact, a 2,500-square-foot program now starts at just $121.99, and that's for four more steps, including two applications of Zamzo's Biologically Correct Lawn Food, Humagreen this summer, and Zamzo's Recharger in the fall. Plus, when you sign up for the Zamzo's lawn program, we store the product for you, send you an email or text reminder when it's time for each step, and even loan you a spreader to apply it with for free. And when you're part of our lawn program, you get 10% off any additional lawn and garden supplies and plants you buy at Zamzo's for the rest of the year. But don't wait, you're okay to miss step one, but applying step two is crucial. So come purchase your prorated Zamzo's lawn program now. Nobody